0: The secret to solving the obesity puzzle. This is Carrie and I love puzzles. Anybody that knows me knows that I like putting a puzzle together. And I am really good at putting the obesity treatment puzzle together. I wanna bring you my knowledge, share with you, dissect each topic, and explain why it's so important for you to understand that each topic plays a very important role with the management of obesity and the treatment for obesity. Let's keep learning and building our masterpiece towards health and wellness. Eating less and moving more, is it really that easy? I am so glad this is my first podcast and topic to share with you, as I literally talk about this with my patients almost every day. There is a lot of advice surrounding this topic, so who's right? Well, hopefully I can set the record straight, so let's get started. I'm sure if I asked you with a show of hands who has heard this as advice to help you lose weight eat less, and move more. Is it really that easy? Well, let's talk about who's giving us that advice. Typically, it's our healthcare provider, right? So we show up to the doctor's office or provider's office for annual wellness checkup. And part of that assessment is checking your weight and height and checking in with you how you've been the last year. And they notice that your weight has crept up. Then it's simple, right? So they talk to you about, well, your weight has crept up, so why don't we talk about you trying to get some of the weight off by exercising and eating less, making healthier choices. We really need to evaluate the foundation of who's giving us advice. How much education have they had with that advice? Can they back it up and help you actually follow through with it? In reality, our healthcare providers really do not get that much education regarding nutrition counseling or obesity management. Who's teaching the teachers? There was an article published on January 28th of 2020 from a medical education journal called BMC that focuses on curriculum and development of our healthcare professionals which includes um, education with undergraduate, postgraduate and continuing education within the medical community. The sad reality of this published paper is its title was low priority of obesity education that leads to lack of medical students preparedness in this topic. So with that, some of the statistics that were quoted in that article stated that they surveyed 141 U.S. medical schools and asked them about their current status on obesity education. Only 10% of the schools that were surveyed said that they felt adequately prepared to manage obesity in the clinic setting. Most of the medical schools surveyed said that they averaged 10 hours of curriculum um, specifically dedicated to obesity management and the physiology of obesity. 40% of the schools don't even have obesity education, which is really sad. 30% of them went on to say that there was no education or training for nutrition counseling behavior modification, and actually how to approach and talk about obesity with your patients. So really the advice of eating less and moving more given by your healthcare practitioner probably really does not have the educational foundation to support that claim and to help you succeed. We now know that with evidence-based trials, there are many many studies that prove that lifestyle changes alone with dietary modification only provide about a 5 to 8% amount of weight loss with an average success rate of 50% for over 12 month period So really research has shown us that diet and exercise, yet you can be successful for about five to 8% of weight loss for about 12 months. And if that's all you wanted to lose or improve, you could be successful for a short period of time. Now with that said, do I have patients prove success with only diet and exercise? Very few of my patients are successful with this. Then when you add behavior modification, nutrition counseling and support, they are more successful minus the medication, but it is a lot harder for somebody to lose weight and keep it off. And typically the studies tell us that only five to 8% body fat loss is gonna be the success rate in this group of folks. Let's talk about how we measure obesity currently in the medical community. We use what's called body mass index, or otherwise known as BMI, which is a person's weight in kilograms divided by the square of their height in meters. Sounds kind of complicated, but it's an easy mathematical equation that basically takes your height and your weight and gives us this number. BMI parameters for a healthy weight, the actual number is 18.5 to 25. 25 to 30, we are considered overweight. 30 to 40, we're considered obese. And over 40, we are considered severely obese. Our life expectancy is directly related to our BMI, which is a scary thought. So for every five points of BMI that you have added on, there is an eight year less life expectancy. So if my BMI is 25, but somebody else's, my good friend, is 40, you can see how their life expectancy would be much less than mine. The BMI indicator has led our healthcare community to track BMI and show statistics regarding average BMI of our population. Tracking of this data has led to some healthcare reform and change So in 1989, the National Institutes of Health recognized obesity as a chronic disease because of these tracking tools that have been put in place monitoring populations of BMI. With the NIH's report, it really did not change the momentum of healthcare, did not provide additional education to our healthcare providers to really address the epidemic of obesity. In 2013, the AMA, American Medical Association, published a paper recognizing obesity and characterized it as a chronic, relapsing, and treatable disease. Once that paper was published, and the AMA, being so powerful as it was, really set the momentum forward to help recognize obesity and change laws in Congress and give momentum with insurance carriers to start recognizing obesity as a chronic disease and help get coverage for treatment of obesity. After that paper was published, much more education was available and provided uh, to providers to help them learn how to manage obesity in their clinic practice, really how complex the disease is. So even with that, You have the 2013 AMA published article, Much More Momentum in Congress and Healthcare Insurers to Cover Obesity Management. But then I told you there was a paper published in 2020 regarding the lack of education in the medical community still addressing obesity. So we're kind of stuck in this conundrum where it is recognized, but then really it's not supported with education and promoting health and wellness, really with a great foundation helping our healthcare providers address this issue. There are 237 diseases that are affected by obesity, and 13 out of those diseases are cancer. So there's a very high rate of cancer in the obese patient. So all the more reason to help try to improve the access and knowledge for our healthcare providers and for our patients ourselves to know about obesity, All the things that it can affect, it literally affects every single body system we have. It's a very complex disease. You can't just nitpick and say, I'm gonna pick obesity and come on in, I'm gonna treat you for being overweight without looking at the big picture. Your whole body is so important. Let's talk about movement, right? Moving more to get the weight off. So we are hunters and gatherers. By nature, we have a body survival instinct to hold on to our fat cells. Many, many hundreds of years ago, when we were hunters and gatherers, we would hunt and get a kill and have access to food, an abundance of food for a short period of time. And then our bodies didn't know when the next kill or harvest season was gonna come. So, survival instinct really is our body holding on to its fat or energy stores as a protective mechanism. Our bodies still do that today. So, as far as movement goes, when we exercise too much, our bodies recognize that it needs that energy store to sustain that additional activity that we're putting it through. So if we're on this mode of exercising five, six, seven days a week, our body recognizes it and gets used to us pushing it, and it's gonna hold on to those fat stores to help us have the energy to get through that additional exercise activity. There really is a fine balance as far as intake and calories versus output and exercise. So if you exercise too much, but limit or restrict your calories too much, then your body's not gonna let you lose weight because it knows it needs that backup energy store, which is our fat cells. Now, I'm not saying exercise is not part of getting healthy and losing weight. It's a very important part, but you have to have the right balance. Really important to look at your caloric intake and your basal metabolic rate, how many calories you burn at rest versus your output, how much you're putting it through and burning and needing additional calories to support that extra activity. Okay, let's talk about eating less. So I mentioned the basal metabolic rate. Let me give you an example. If you have a basal metabolic rate of 1500 calories a day, that means that at rest to make your body function, brain work, all your organs work, make you feel healthy and well, your basal metabolic rate is 1500 calories a day. A simplistic way really to look at basal metabolic rate and understand it is to think about it like putting fuel in your car. So if we put fuel in our car and our car gets an average of 30 miles per gallon on normal highway, uh, no elevation and need of acceleration to go up hills, we're not pulling anything, so really our miles per gallon is kind of set. When you look at the human body, we have miles per gallon, basically our basal metabolic rate that is set If you decrease your caloric intake too much, your body is gonna recognize that it needs to hold on to the fat stores to make the body function. If you restrict your calories too much based on your basal metabolic rate, you will not lose weight. So it's a very complex system. We want to get the appropriate balance of activity and caloric intake versus output. So typically to set up an eating pattern, decreasing your caloric intake by three to 500 calories a day based off of your basal metabolic rate, you typically would start losing weight if you weren't expending too much energy. So really coming up with a plan and a balance, not restricting your calories too much according to your basal metabolic rate An activity that is not going to strain your body too much that it wants to hold on to the fat. Let's talk about some causes of obesity. Did the disease cause obesity or did obesity cause the disease? This is like the chicken or the egg, right? So our fat cells are dysfunctioning, causing the disease. So those things relate to diseases such as insulin resistance, polycystic ovarian disease, fatty liver disease, inflammatory disease such as degenerative changes within our vascular system causing atherosclerosis, neoplastic diseases which is cancer, or degenerative inflammatory diseases, such as arthritis and degenerative bone and joint issues. Second, there is fat mass disease. This is a disease related to the excess weight because we have the excess fat. These diseases are caused because of the extra burden our body has to have carrying that extra weight. So these diseases, some of them are obstructive sleep apnea, degenerative joint disease such as horrible knee or back pain, hip pain because of the extra weight we're carrying, indigestion or reflux is because of extra burden of weight we carry, urinary incontinence, I have women come see me all the time because they have urinary incontinence because of their extra adipose or fat tissue around their midsection, their abdominal area. Some other things are intracran- intracranial hypertension. So, pseudotumors cerebrate. I have young women come see me because of this. They get some weight off and that goes away. Let's continue with other causes of obesity. There's a lot of psychological and mood disorders that actually lead to obesity. Stress eating, food choices, culture, PTSD, Binge eating disorders, there's all sorts of eating disorders that really have a psychological foundation to them. Our relationship with food and how we eat and view food, how we were raised, all play a big part. There's genetic causes too. You can see family photos, and the whole family, or one side of the family, are overweight. Then the other side of the family are very thin. So there is a very true genetic component to obesity. Some of the other things that we need to consider is nutrition. How about our access to food? What is our food choices? Are we making the right balance of choices? Are we eating the right balance? Are we making healthy decisions? How about culture? Cultural differences, how they eat, how they fast. We have a big cultural Russian Orthodox community that fasts several times a year. Have to take that into consideration to help them with obesity management. Some other things such as medication. People are put on medication and they notice they gain weight right away. They have increased hunger. They have poor sleep. All of this plays a huge role. Next is gut microbiome. This is how healthy is your gut. Do you have healthy bacteria in your gut to actually break down, help metabolize, and absorb the nutrients that you're eating? This is very important with weight loss. And then let's not forget hormones. Hormones are a huge part of finding the cause, the cure to assist with weight loss. Really, our hormones play such a big part with releasing hunger hormones or satiety hormones. And we have many cellular structures that release these hormones that directly affect our weight regulatory system. It's a very complex feedback loop that drives us to eat or drives us not to eat. So believe it or not, our fat cells release hormones, and when they get smaller, they release hormones that make us more hungry. Our brain, our stomach. Our stomach releases hormones About 20 minutes after we start eating, start sending signals to our brain saying, oh, I'm being fed, I feel satisfied. And then we slow our eating. So people who eat really fast get up for seconds before that 20 minute period is up and then they overeat. Then they feel bad, they feel full, they have indigestion. Our pancreas, our whole GI tract, our gut, Really, our large and small intestine release hormones all in this very complex feedback loop, either making us hungry or making us satisfied. Okay, coming back around, let's talk about how we got started on this topic. So if you hear advice, eat less and move more to lose weight, I hope you have learned that it's way more complex than that and really have an appreciation for how complex the disease of obesity is and that we literally have to look at and investigate every single body system we have to help treat obesity in and of itself. So we can't just have somebody come and say, I wanna lose weight, so give me a pill, I wanna lose weight. It's not that easy. You have to look at them as a whole person, head to toe. Hormones, sleep, mood, culture, behavior, activity, nutrition access, what are they eating? All sorts of things. So really having somebody on your side that understands the complexity of obesity as a disease is only gonna help you succeed. Okay, with all that said, I just want to encourage you and tell you that you can do it. There is a possibility for you to get healthy, to get the weight off, and to start feeling really good about yourself. I know there's other providers out there, such as myself, and really finding a team that's going to support you will lead to your success. I'm so happy I was able to start with this introduction towards medical weight loss management and how complex it is. With each episode, I'm gonna tease apart each body system even down to the cellular level, showing how complex it is, really discussing how each part has an integral role in playing with other body systems to make medical weight loss effective let's look at it like we're putting together a big puzzle, a thousand piece puzzle. This was the first piece. We took the puzzle out of the package, turned all the pieces over to get a broad understanding of the big picture. So there is more to come and more puzzle pieces to put together, so stay tuned.